Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong Jackie back, Jack. and Joe Getty. Joey, baby. Things are getting weird. They're getting weird fast. I'm strong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. And everyone knows it. But the dramatics could come down just a little bit. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Hello, San Francisco. You are beautiful, but you are so poorly run. Come with me to the Department of Building Inspection while I do something that could have been done over email. Look at this art installation outside of this $300 million state-of-the-art building. Nobody should ever have to visit this building because you're just going to email me the results anyway. Look, another art installation, $300 million. Don't worry about the homeless crisis. We have art installations. And we don't take email, but we have art installations. Look, more art installations floating in the middle of the air homeless people outside art installations inside everybody here was so nice i'm actually serious the people working there were very nice you sent me up to the fourth floor and oh check this out it's the permitting department and it is absolutely stunning and empty looks like an efficient use of tax dollars and then you had me sign in with an ipad but you don't receive email are you kidding me and then i filled out a physical form gave you a credit card and guess what you're going to email me the report that is great. So there's a guy who was angry with the Department of Building Inspection in San Francisco, where apparently they do not receive email. So he had to go in person, and he's talking about the gazillions of dollars they spent on art in the big, beautiful building and the high-tech iPad, but there's nobody there, and uh, and it doesn't actually function. And homeless people everywhere, but you can't make that work. thought that'd be a decent lead-in to... Uh, Experience I had over the weekend, so in California, we got an awful lot of homeless people. And the majority of homeless people, and this study has been done over and over again, it's drug addicts, man. That's what it is. It's just, it's people who are addicted to some of these horrible drugs that are out there on the street. Trank and meth and fentanyl and all these different things. And yeah, if you get on these drugs, you are going to end up homeless because you can't keep a job or get your act together to get a job or whatever. And we've been talking about this for several years, the idea that it's because uh, 
rent's too high or whatever. I mean, who who decides because rent's too high to start doing fentanyl? Anyway, if you haven't been to any of these cities or towns, you can't believe it. It's just a completely different lifestyle. I've gotten used to it myself. You're probably that way too, Katie. I mean, where you didn't see it at all years ago, but you're just used to it now. You just expect there to be drug zombies everywhere you go. Yeah, it's part of the scene. It's just part of the scene. Anyway, so I go to a restaurant, and I debated whether or not I was going to mention the name of the restaurant. I don't suppose there's any upside. But I went to this diner place that my kids and I like the other night, and we were going to have, like, pancakes and bacon, breakfast for dinner. Always exciting for the kids. And um, my son immediately spotted a street person that was in the restaurant with a couple of grocery bags, like big... Not grocery bags, uh, uh, trash bags. A couple of trash bags full of stuff. So they're sitting in a booth with trash bags full of stuff. And I like, he pointed it out because because we were uh, assaulted by a homeless guy years ago. That guy is in prison now. My youngest especially has real PTSD around anytime he sees somebody that is like a street person sort of character. Yeah, really worried about it. And I worry about it too because there have been some horrifying violent incidents in recent days, weeks, months, years especially in California. Anyway, so this person is sitting in the booth right behind us. I mean, she's right behind my head. And she's got these trash bags here, and my son wants to leave, wants to leave. And I said, no, nah, it'll be okay. I'll keep an eye on here. You sit over there. I'm between you and her, blah, 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 blah. Do you think yeah, I'll fight her if I have to? Ha, 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 ha. Anyway, she's there, smelling horrible, starts ranting and raving with F-bombs and N-bombs. She's by herself, but she's having some imaginary argument with somebody, waving her arms around and everything like that. And we had gotten our food, and we're in the middle of eating, and and my youngest is actually crying now. He's so upset because this person is acting threatening. And I said, okay, we got to go. We just got to go. And we get up and we leave. And I head toward the door, and the woman, I said, we're leaving. And she starts to get out to check. I said, I'm not paying. Um... I can't eat around somebody like that. And she says to me, the, the the manager woman says, somebody like what? Oh, come on. And I wish I'd have had the, 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 I was too wound up and angry to say, black women, I can't eat around black women. Oh. No, a crazy person, I said. You got a crazy mentally ill person over there dropping N-bombs and F-bombs and waving their arms around. And I don't feel safe over there. And you're letting them sit in your restaurant. So I'm leaving. And she wants to corner you like you were yeah, going to say right. like something offensive. Yeah, exactly. Somebody like what? I couldn't believe it. So you're going to let that person sit in the restaurant, drive away customer. Unbelievable. Uh, but like to insinuate this because they're because they're unhomed or because it's a black woman or whatever. I don't know whatever she was implying, but. I was initially, well, I was mostly, I was afraid because we have been assaulted before. It was on the front page of the newspaper. The guy's in prison. I've been through this before. But, uh... And your son's crying. Yeah, I was worried about it for my son, my special needs son. Um, and, but it quickly turned to just, like, depression sadness. That that's just my lot in life now. I mean, if I didn't, this is where my career is. This is where my family is. we got so many ties. But no wonder California is losing population for the first time in its history. If I had any mobility at all, I would flip and leave. Who would live around this? It's like the story last week of finding out that Shohei Otani didn't want to play for the Giants, and a lot of players don't, because they, they come to San Francisco and their wives look around and say, we're not raising our family here. 
I don't blame him. I was just on 3rd Street, right a couple blocks from the ballpark uh, over the weekend, walking up to a crosswalk, and there's a guy standing at the corner clearly on something, like tweaking out. And I'm looking at him, and I look at his hand, and in his left hand is an extended box cutter. And I could see the blade. And so my husband's next to me, and I pulled him in close and said, hey, check his hand, because one one quick you know, swing of his arm, and he could cut somebody's throat. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really scary. Um, right in the middle of multi-million dollar apartments up right. the street from the ballpark. Just, un- yeah. So, in what scenario anywhere on planet Earth at any point in history does someone acting like that woman was acting get to stay in a restaurant? You name me the era or the geography where the, that is okay in any eating establishment ever. The owner would say, you got to get out of here. It makes me wonder if they had some form of a policy, you know, because if there's a liability, if the street person attacks whoever's working in the... Was this a was this a chain restaurant or was it like a mom and pop? It is a minor chain. We've had a bunch of texts. I said I wasn't going to name the restaurant. I had a whole bunch of text people saying, name the restaurant, name the restaurant, name the restaurant. One person saying, unless it would get you in legal trouble, name the restaurant. Well, that's why. I don't know. Uh, um, the truth is a 100% defense against libel and slander. <laughs> On the other hand, there is, there, I've known of people that get in trouble. Like if you do something with the idea of damaging a business. Anyway. Well, I'm, the reason know. I'm asking is I could see a, like a chain restaurant having a legal team that might have some policy like, Hey, don't go near them because if something happens to you, then you can sue us. What if something happens to your customer? Well, I think it's more likely. You know how much tr- how much damage Starbucks ended up in when they de- they denied the homeless people they thought homeless people the bathroom. Oh yeah, y- yeah. It can become such a big deal so fast. And I remember this story was several years ago, but in the town that I live in, a bunch of Boy Scouts were being harassed by a street person. So my wife at the time called the police. The police told her, "Look, there's nothing we can do about it." And the police said, all these homeless people have a lawyer that they know. They have a name because the lawyers go out and do um, outreach with the homeless community and let them know, hey, if you ever get harassed by anybody, here's my card. Here's my name. You tell them. But so they have legal representation. So they know their their legal rights, which is crazy, given how out of their mind a lot of these drug addicts are. But anyway, I think they're they would be concerned that somehow the story would get out that just because someone was unhoused in our evil capitalist society, she wasn't allowed to sit down for... She was having a glass of wine. So she probably begged enough money to go into this restaurant that serves booze and get a glass of wine, sitting there with her garbage bags full of probably crap. and, uh, and Or waving, somebody else's crap. Or somebody else's crap that was stolen. <laughs> waving her arms around, screaming and yelling, dropping in-bombs, F-bombs. First of all, dropping in-bombs by anybody else would be an expulsion you'd get you'd get kicked out for that and here's here's you with your kids and trying to enjoy a nice dinner you have you're basically forced to leave by her actions and she tries to flip it on you like right right (laughs) it's because you're a white male jack we can't sit around someone like that someone like what She she thought she'd really nailed me on that one oh i was so hot yeah what a gotcha moment oh I don't blame you, and I'm really glad that you didn't pay, because I'm sure a lot of people that would be in that situation probably would have felt like, oh, all right, all right, I'll pay. Oh, but good. No, I'm glad free. you stood your ground on that. Yeah, hire a lawyer. Come after me. That'd be fantastic. Let's make this as big a deal as possible. Go get as, a homeless lawyer. As, as to why I didn't think I should have to pay.
Oh my God! So, um, what was I going to say? I had something else to say. That someone was Oh, so, did, but that's what's interesting. So, this manager woman, when she said someone like what, in her mind, is that acceptable for me to sit there with my kids next to someone who's having an imaginary heated n bomb f bomb argument? Probably a bleeding heart liberal. No way. That's I'm saying she probably was sitting there going, you know, oh, well, you, you know, this poor person doesn't have a home, Jack, and yeah, you're obviously know, mentally ill, Jack. So when I spoke at the city council after the run-in with the homeless person years ago, where we blah, 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 that whole story, um, there were people in the city council meeting saying, if you look at a street person and you assume they're violent, there is something wrong with you. Well, I'm not assuming they're all violent, but if you're assuming they're not, you're a nut job. This is a lot like the uh, the people that were, you know, claiming the sanctuary cities and whatnot. And you, you, they had the man on the street that would go out and say, okay, well, then let them live at your house. You know, let them right. come and live. At, right. It's like that woman. Okay, well, then you try to sit down and have a nice meal and let her sit behind you. I'll tell you and what. see how much you like it. She was an older one. I'll tell you what. Why don't you go get your grandkids? Go get your grandkids. Sit them in the booth next to that woman. And Because if you do, you're crazy. And it's not about the homelessness. It's about the drug addict. Exactly. I don't care if she lives in a a, a 5,000 square foot, $2 million house. If she's out of her mind on crazy drugs and uh, and and acting all aggressive, obviously not mentally with it, I don't want my me or my kids next to him. And the restaurant allows that. Again, where anywhere in the world would the owner not come out and say, get the F out of here? That's what I keep thinking about. What would it take to get kicked out of that restaurant? What would she have to do to get kicked out? Exactly. That should be our social experiment. We should go (laughs) in and just see how far we can push it. Right. Right, right, right. That's almost interesting to do. One of those. Who's that guy that does the undercover videos all the time? Oh, Project Veritas. Yeah. That'd be an interesting one to do. I'd like to get all... Dirty myself up. I wouldn't have to do a lot to look homeless, oddly. But um oh, stop. dirty myself up. Go in there and just how and just keep pushing it further and further to see how far I gotta go before I'd actually get asked to leave. This could be fun. <laughs> yeah. Gotta I was so disappointed. And again, the anger turned to just sadness. This is this is where I live. This is where I'm raising my kids. This is not gonna change anytime soon. And in that situation, you were almost the bad guy. Right. People like what? Ugh. Oh, man. I I am so... I commend you for not absolutely losing your mind. Yeah. I am... I've been working on that through over the years because I have lost my mind many times. Um, Verbally, never physically. But uh, I do wish I'd had the presence of mind. Black women. I can't eat around black women. It's just appalling. What are you talking about, you nut job? (laughs) That manager would have melted. (laughs) Just right in her spot. <laughs> I mean, most homeless people are white males, b- b- based on my observation, so it's not that. It's crazed, out-of-their-mind d- d- drug addicts. Anyway. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. You might not know this, but after we finish our radio show every day, the Armstrong and Getty Show, we keep on going. We do a podcast that you never hear on the air. Might be more in-depth analysis of the day's events, uh, our allegedly keen observations of the world around us, or even more of the ridiculous and absurd stories that you crave every weekday. Yeah, we call it Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. It's a podcast that you should subscribe to right now. You can find it on the iHeart app or wherever you download podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. 
there was an outcrossing sign, so we slowed down to the recommended speed. And then somebody from Colorado went around us, rolled their window down, stuck their arm all the way out, and gave us a thumbs down. And I think about that interaction every single day. Flipping people off when you're driving is dead. Give them a thumbs down. They will not forget you. So flipping people off is dead. Give them a thumbs down. So that's uh, suggesting that's probably a TikTok video, right? That for young people, thumbs down is the equivalent of flipping you off. And it seemed, uh, although, no, she seemed to be saying, no, it's a better alternative. And, well, okay, better alternative in what way? In terms of uh, uh, doing damage, like showing how much you are unhappy with someone? No, is that way you took uh, that's it not the way I took it. I took okay, it how do you to be it? the opposite. Well, if she said, give them the some thumbs down, they'll remember it. You're expressing uh, disapproval in a uh, gentlemanly way. I think they're right. I do, too. I mean, uh, F you is like, let's fight. I find what you're doing less than uh, 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 satisfactory. Uh, I like that. See, I'm being misled by our headline here, Michael. I don't know if you wrote the headline. Gen Z says thumbs down worse than middle fingers. So I thought maybe they had, like, the way they change emojis. Remember the, what emoji is it that, that... we're all taking completely opposite oh, the, the way. Thumbs up is ironic and bitter and actually means you're terrible. I hate you. <laughs> right. Thumbs up is mean. Well, play it again. It's 13 seconds yeah. long. One time when we were in Colorado, there was an outcrossing sign, so we slowed down to the recommended speed. And then somebody from Colorado went around us, rolled their window down, stuck their arm all the way out, and gave us a thumbs down. And I think about that interaction every single day. Flipping people off when you're driving is dead. Give them a thumbs down. They will not forget you. I Yeah, I think you're right. I was misled by the uh, misleading headline. Um, Propaganda. Um, uh, that does make sense, though. That would, that would do me more damage. You flip me off, and I think, okay, you're one of those people. You're so angry with your life, blah, blah, blah. You give me the thumbs down. That's like a grown up. Um, uh, you did something wrong, and I don't approve of that. It's like saying, I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Right. It's an expression of civilized disapproval. You know, if somebody flies off the handle and screeches at you, it's easy to think, wow, there's an angry, crazy person. Right. But if they say, excuse me, I'm, I'm terribly sorry to bother you, but I wanted to point out, I mean, you've got to, you know, you got to take that at least a little seriously. Right. The thumbs down, folks. I like it. And it's more civilized. I'm for more civilization, not less. So the Fed, for instance, I've now insisted my dog wear pants. I've thought about it for a long time. There's no reason if I can't show mine that he can. Quick question for you. What if you happen to miss this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We want to check in with Mike Lyons, who we love talking to about anything uh, military-wise. Maybe you see him on CNN. Maybe you follow him on Twitter at M-A-G Mike Lyons on Twitter. Um, in fact, I got a tweet that I want to read to him from yesterday and have him explain more. Mike, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show again. Hey, guys. Good to be back, as always. Let's, let's start with the over 100 times that Iran or people at the behest of Iran have attacked or attempted to attack us. I mean, have we pushed back enough in your eyes? No, I don't think so. I, I think we keep trying to give this visual deterrence, you know, to carrier groups in the Mediterranean and the Carney and the Red Sea. Um, but we're dealing with uh, an enemy that doesn't care about that because they know that we're psychologically disarmed. They know that we will respond in a manner that will likely cause great damage and destruction. And then the enemy knows that the rest of the world then will turn against us. And so we've, we don't really, you know, have the, 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 the gumption anymore to stake a high moral ground about, look, you're not going to attack us. You know, we're going to protect our soldiers and our sailors uh, and the like. And, um, and we're going to not care about what the rest of the world thinks. It's the same problem Israel's having right now. You know, the rest of the world is really concerned about what Israel's doing. Well, Israel's trying to fight for his existence right now. So that's, you know, kind of the same example. I hear the dogs of war in the background where you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't even get them out of there. I got them out. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Um, so uh, the the rhetoric of this must stop, this is unacceptable, I feel like if you don't push back really, really hard, you're saying it, it is acceptable. And it, is there any reason to think it's not going to continue? I, you know, it's so the, the Secretary of Defense did the right thing, put together a coalition of other nations and of, of others that are that are going to look to respond. But, th- but we've got to go after the source, not just um, you know on the ground. It's going to mean destroying a lot of equipment on the ground. <laughs> we also have to go after what Iran is doing. As Iran, you know, completely supports 
the Houthis. I mean, you know, but for Iran, that the Houthis don't don't exist. They and 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 we've allowed the problem just to get worse and worse over the course of the years. And that's that's like like everything in the world right now. The can gets kicked down the road until we finally have to take care of it. So let's hope that this will possibly take care of it, and um, we will eventually respond if they. You know, let's say they sink a um, an oil tanker or something and create an environmental disaster. There's there's so many things, so many really bad possibilities there. I, I don't think they'll get to our ships because of the defense platforms that we have there. Uh, but there's a lot of tragedy that could still take place there. And then, of course, the money that's being lost. You see a lot of the ships are being diverted already to the to the south uh, of, and in Africa in that regard. And then the, all the Egyptians. Egyptians have to be mad. They're losing about, my, my son tells me it's a million dollars to take a ship down and back into the Suez Canal. So they're losing all that money that's taking place there. So let's let's hope the rest of the world recognizes that this is a problem and gets on board with it as well. Yeah, I keep using the example. The Wall Street Journal had a story several weeks ago now about how a, a, a an attack drone got lodged in the ceiling of a building and the bomb didn't go off. It If it had, it would have killed a whole bunch of U.S. servicemen. So that was just yeah. luck that... Right. You know, that that didn't happen. So I feel like you got to respond as if it did. But, you know, we're not. Well, and the, the kind of attacks that the drones can make on the ships, they, they could be swarm attacks. We just haven't seen that yet. But but that's really would be a, a tremendous escalation, because if you fire, you know, we saw that ship the other day, the Carney was you know, fired something like 14 or 15 drones shot them out of the sky. If you if you sent a hundred or a thousand at the Carney, that that would be a problem for that ship, and one of them would get through, and then and then what do we have? And so you know that's for, for whatever reason we're just on this luck factor of saying, oh, you know, right. it hasn't been bad. No one's dead yet, so that we're just going to continue to go, and it just it just doesn't make sense. To the war between Israel and Hamas, I'm looking at this tweet of yours from yesterday. I'll just read it. I was thinking the U.S. and Israel were talking past each other about what the U.S. wanted Israel to do. From the news conference today, the administration is not putting a timeline on the operation. Israel will fight this on their terms. Explain. Yeah. So, so I had thought that the, the United States, from what they'd said, Jake Sullivan, and you know, they were telling Israel, "Hey, it's going to wrap this up here," acting like it's you know some kind of protest formation in Portland or something. And and uh, but but after this last press conference, after the, the last meeting. The Secretary of Defense said there's no timetable for Israel. They're going to do this whenever they want to do it. So that, to me, was good enough to say, well, this is now going to go on for, for months. It's not going to get wrapped up. We're not going to, you know, both of these audiences are talking to their domestic audiences, right? Or both of these people are talking to their domestic audiences. Where, you know, we're, we're trying to, obviously, the political factor of the Democrats right now, for whatever reason, is they have to show some kind of support for Hamas. Don't, don't ask me why, but that seems to be what they're trying to do. And so um, in Israel's case, there are some inside of Israel, too, that, that, that are that want you know the the civilians to not be as terrorized. I don't know what the term is because it's, you know they're at war again for their own survival. But once they said that to me, I was good. Okay, here we go. So this is not, they're not going to be concerned here that in the next month nothing's going to change. Israel is not stopping. They're also fighting a two front war. They're fighting a war in the north where um, they're clearing uh, Hamas military formations that wage war against. Israel to that into that area there, uh, indirect fire weapons and the like, and then the one in the south, in the south Gaza, Khan Yunus, for example, that's where the headquarters are. That's where a lot of the leadership are. That's where a lot of them escaped to when we had that ceasefire before, and that's you know, kind of a different operation. But the bottom line to me is Israel's not stopping, and they're not going to change their tactics. They have to make this a conventional war. They have to bring Hamas up to the level of a conventional fight and get them to surrender. I wonder how much we're saying different things to them behind closed doors or in phone calls than we are in public. 
And that makes me wonder also, just kind of as an aside, like you're a West Point guy and you've studied all this military strategy and history and stuff like that. How much do you, how, how much at West Point do they get into the politics at all or do they? Because obviously that plays a role in a war. You might have to do one thing and say another to keep, you know, uh, your domestic audience happy. How much do you yeah. all think about that? No, there's no question that at West Point that's a force that's taught to cadets as they progress in their careers and get to that certain place. But, I mean, uh, West Point trains you know, kind of the younger officers. It's really the, the ones that have been, you know, the general officers that are there. And politics has made a much bigger impact on the military, unfortunately. I, I often think about if you brought back the generals from World War II and you told them how we were fighting war today, they would just, like, shake their head and say, you guys are nuts because we'd have this thing over here in six weeks. We would take the biggest weapons we have and we would destroy everything we possibly could. We wouldn't care about the things you guys seem to care about, and we would we would get this thing done. And that that is the harsh reality of, of history is how they would look at it. And, they, and instead, you know, we're, we're trying to tell Israel to, you know, you have the president of the United States saying that Israel is indiscriminately bombing civilians. And that's just irresponsible. Right. That's why I was talking about, you know, talking past each other. I mean, that's irresponsible for the president to say that. So no question that, um, and, and the accelerant of social media and the audience and all those things get through it. So, again, I, from a military perspective, that the IDF is trying to use its military as a tool of foreign policy to get the Palestinian leadership to heal and get them to surrender, and they're going to do whatever they can in that regard. Yeah, we, we were talking about it. I mean, you, you take any country, state, village, anywhere in the world throughout history, if you got attacked the way Israel got attacked, where they came in and right. beheaded your babies and raped your grandmas, you would, if you could, lay waste to that entity. Right. All yeah. throughout history, anywhere in the world. And so now what? Where are we? It's, it's, it's an interesting well, thing to watch. And, and the Arab world is not helping the Palestinians. I mean, the Egyptians, as we've talked about before, anytime they open up a barrier, that barrier is between them and, and Gaza to let humanitarian aid in, they can't close it fast enough, right? So they're not letting any, any refugees in. The rest of the Arab nations really don't care about it. They want to, you know, bring it to the United Nations and they want to make a big deal about it. But this is, um, you know, Israel's not going to settle for a two-state solution right now. They're not going to settle for any of that previous ideas about what's going on here. And I don't think they care about what the United States says. You're right, behind closed doors, they're kind of rolling their eyes at, you know, us basically telling them how to fight terrorism because we really don't have a great record from the past 20 years in Iraq and Afghanistan, frankly, and in terms of trying to, you know, get that to work there. So, Interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this with you in the next year. And this is the last time we'll be talking to you this year in 23. Where is the war in Ukraine currently? Where do you think it's headed for 24? Yeah, that's a stalemate right now with both sides still not able to take their strategic objectives and align them with their operational capabilities. Um, and I don't, and if the United States decides not to support, uh, Ukraine, then eventually it could be in a years at this point, but it's eventually they will lose. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, Russia is, is building more capacity every day, learning, doing things that are moving in the direction that they're doing better. So, 
you know, we've got to get off the dime here, get the rest of the world to recognize that. And, and then if you shift the, the world's a tinderbox, because I think you have what's going on in the, in the Pacific still is something that could explode in 2024, given U.S. leadership, where it's going to be, how it's going to change next year for us. So I think I think we're in for uh, a lot of things to go on in 2024, both in the Middle East, in Europe, and then, of course, in the Pacific. It's going to be a, a really challenging year. Wow. Uh, that's a heck of a thing for you to end on. Well, we, I was going to say, look forward to talking to you. Unfortunately, when we're talking to you, it's oftentimes uh, a bad or challenging situation. But we will talk to you in 24. Help you have a great uh, Christmas and holiday season. Thanks. Merry Christmas to everybody. Soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Mike Lyons, he's a great follow on Twitter. I mean, really, when, when anything big happens, he's one of the first places, militarily speaking, war-wise, he's one of the first, place, first places I go because I want to see what he thought. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the New York Times, and this is a perfect example of Paolo's email and what we were discussing earlier. 
The New York Times, when it does stuff like this, is probably the best publication in the United States. When they send a couple of reporters off and say, you have six months to figure this out and write about it. Because nobody else has that sort of budget. And so when they run garbage, ideological garbage, like the 1619 Project, and tout it as, as God's own truth... They ruin their capability for what they do well, in my opinion. And it's too bad. But what they did well in this case is a many months long investigation into groundwater and groundwater use in the United States. We have, you know, great lakes worth of water under the ground in the U.S. It's one of the reasons we're one of the agricultural capitals of the world. Uh, well, the bad news is we've been sucking it dry much faster than it can replenish itself because it's replenished through rainwater just soaking slowly through the dirt, mostly. Um, and they're reporting on various regions around the uh, the country. And we are in a very serious situation groundwater-wise. Uh, and they give a bunch of examples of corn yields are way down in, in Kansas because they can't pump as much water out of the ground. You've got uh, collapsing uh, areas in, where where were they talking about the uh, the sinkholes and stuff? Uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, officials are pumping treated wastewater into underground rock layers uh, to replenish them because they're dry in Long Island. Depletion of aquifers has allowed saltwater to seep in, threaten the groundwater that remains. Um, we're pumping it out way too fast. Not good. Well, uh, I would assume, uh, having lived on a farm and pumped lots of water myself to grow various things, that people aren't pumping the water out just for shiggles. They're nope. doing it because they're growing a crop, and they wouldn't be growing a crop if they couldn't sell it or make a profit from it. So we're going to kind of cut back on the amount of wheat and corn that we eat? Or... It's going to be a very, very interesting adjustment. I need to read the whole thing and dig into it a little bit. Um, I'm not sure what the timeline is exactly that it might reach a crisis level. But, yeah, it's I mean, you can picture 340 million people, not all of whom pump groundwater because it's not necessary in a lot of places, but uh, pumping groundwater for, you know, 100 years or so post-industrial revolution. At some point, we might pump faster than it can replenish. Then we're going to have to do something serious about it. I mean, a, a significant adjustment in agriculture, you know, irrigation of all sorts. Wow, that would be, that'd be a hell of an adjustment. Oh, absolutely. And we feed ourselves in, in huge swaths of the world. Well, when I was doing it on our 20 acres, and the amount of water you're running is just insane. I mean... People in town cannot wash their car for the next 1,000 years. <laughs> it ain't going to add up to like one night of me watering the entire farm. But um, uh, th that was for grass for hay to feed animals, mm -hmm. which are, you know, meat. So the, both the meat and the bread and corn and everything like that, it would have a huge impact. Yeah. Uh, there's more to this. A couple of caveats I want to hit that I think are important after a quick word from our friends at Upside.com. Inflation is high. We know maybe you're driving an extra mile for lower gas prices, grocery shopping on sale days because uh, saving money is important. That's why we want to tell you about our new favorite way to save Upside. Yeah, it's quite an app for gas, groceries, dining out. To get started, just download the, download the free Upside app and use the promo code Armstrong, and you'll get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Then next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. 
check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, debit card, and then you get paid. Does this actually work? Is it complicated? What do you mean check in at a business? Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week, and they've got a 4.8-star rating on the App Store. Yes, it's easy. Yes, you can understand it. Yes, it works. That's a great rating. Uh, so download the free Upside app. Use the promo code Armstrong to get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's the promo code Armstrong, and you want to get that Upside app. And you know how most kids have the politics of their parents? is believed to be true, right? Uh, yeah, traditionally, that's what people said, yes. Because, like, my kids just do not care about climate change, and I can't, I mean, they're certainly getting the heap and helpings of it at school. I don't talk about it at home, I don't think. Maybe I do more than I realize. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Um, My kids are big enough that, uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it, and that'd be a long tangent since I have three kids. Uh, but... The powers that be are trying as hard as they can to separate the kids from the parents sure. ideologically. Because they're worried the parents are telling them the wrong things. I've got some great examples of that coming up later. It's troubling, but it's great. Anyway, back to the uh, groundwater thing. You do have to take a lot of the stuff with a grain of salt because climate activists, or I'm sorry, environmental activists in general tend to be way too enthusiastic about exaggerating to better make their point. And so I'm, I'm taking my fresh water with a grain of salt here, but they're talking about how pumping technology has improved. And so communities can draw water out of the earth much more quickly than in the past. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't. Some wells can pump more than 100,000 gallons a day. Economic growth, urban sprawl have increased the demand for water. Um, uh, American farms help feed other countries where the economy and populations have been growing faster. And declines in rainfall, uh, declines in rivers, etc. The faster evaporation of the rain that does fall as the uh, climate gets a little bit warmer is uh, all combining. So just wanted to put it on your radar screen. It's, it's certainly possible this is going to be a big, big issue. And it's not nearly as fuzzy as the climate change thing in general. Um, because there aren't wildly, you know, fanciful, exaggerated, or just inaccurate claims about, um, you know, temperatures and emissions and what we can do to stop it. And, you know, because some of the gestures that states and counties and cities make are idiotic. They're just, they're utterly useless. They're merely virtue signaling. On the other hand, we're pumping water way faster than it can be replenished. is pretty easy to understand. I'd say. I'm strong and messy. The reality is, is, this is fabulous. I thank you. That's enough of that. This is all crazy. This is the way it is. Yep. But damn it, we weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Let's not play games with this. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including 
including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.